0: Once upon a time, a caring mother bought a strong comb to keep her little son's hair in order. The boy was so delighted to see his gift that he always carried it with him. The comb did not pull his hair but glided through smoothly. A mishap happened one day. The comb was lost. The boy was playing and romping. All his hair got tangled. At last, the mother found the comb. But when his mother tried to draw it through his hair, it did not move. It pulled his hair and brought tears of pain in his eyes. How bad are you, you awful old comb? cried the boy. But the comb replied, My dear boy, I am the same comb. Only your hair is badly tangled now. But the boy was really angry with the comb. He threw it out of the window and parted with it forever even fine salt. A wealthy merchant gave two fine ships loaded with rich merchandise to his two eldest sons so that they might go out into the world and trade. His youngest son, even the silly, begged and pleaded to be given a ship too. Finally, the old merchant gave him a battered little ship loaded with scraps and rags for cargo and old feeble men as sailors. On the fourth day after they had set sail, a storm lashed the old ship and it was battered on an island, leaving the old men to make patched up sails with rags in the cargo, even explored the island. He found a huge mountain of white dust which turned out to be salt. When the ship was ready to sail, he and his sailors had a great idea. They threw everything else out and filled the ship with all the salt it could carry. Even made a few packets to show it at ports. The Tsar They reached a port town where even went to the Tsar and presented the salt for sale. The Tsar laughed that it was just white dust and sent him away. Even slipped into the royal kitchen and watched the cooks and the kitchen maids at work. They were cooking meat and vegetables without salt. Everything was tasteless. He quietly sprinkled salt into all the dishes as they were cooking. The food was served to the Tsar and his family and everyone found it delicious. He called the kitchen staff and asked them what was different that day. No one could think of anything till a kitchen maid remembered the stranger who had sat in the kitchen. Ivan was called in and he told the Tsar about adding salt into the food. It was wonderful and the entire load of salt was bought by the Tsar and put into a room with guards to protect it. Ivan's WEALTH Ivan told the Tsar that for each bag of salt, he must give a bag of gold, a bag of silver and a bag of precious stones. The Tsar gave all he wanted and soon the old ship was loaded with gold, silver and gems. The princess was curious about the ship which looked old and had sails patched with bits of silk and brocade and coloured cloths. While she was going through the ship, the old sailors raised anchor and sailed away. The princess burst into tears when she saw they had left her parents and kingdom behind. Even comforted her and soon they were in love. They decided that as soon as they reached home, they would get married. Suddenly, Evans saw his brother's ships and hailed them. The two brothers boarded Ivan's ship and were amazed that he had so much wealth and a bride who was a princess. Ivan returns home. Ivan's brothers were so jealous of him that they threw him overboard and reached home to tell their father about his death. The two decided to share Ivan's wealth and the eldest son Offered to marry the princess who just wept for Ivan. Meanwhile, Ivan found a log on which he sat and floated till he reached an island. In the morning, he reached a castle in which lived a kind giant. The giant put Ivan on his shoulder and carried him with huge strides through the sea and over land till he reached home. The wedding was being arranged and Evan's parents were sitting with the princess and his elder brother. But as soon as she saw him, the princess ran to him and she would not marry anyone else. The truth was told and his father drove his two elder sons out of his house. Evan married the princess and lived happily ever after. The Silver Saucer And the glass apple. An old merchant had three daughters. The two elder ones were greedy and lazy, but the youngest was good and wise. The elder girls called her stupid. The merchant was going to a fair and asked his daughters what they wanted. The eldest wanted a necklace, and the second one a golden dress. The youngest asked him for a silver saucer and a glass apple. He returned with all the gifts and the elder girls wore the necklace and the gown. Lily, the youngest, placed the apple in the saucer and spun it. Her sister mocked her, but she was delighted to see a faraway plus places and people in the spinning apple. The two eldest sisters were so jealous that they hatched an evil plot to get the saucer and apple from her. Stupid! We have to pick berries in the forest, they said one morning. Come along! The girl went with them, wondering why they were carrying an axe. The Wicked Sisters At the end of the day, her basket was full. But they had very few berries in their baskets. They asked her to give them the saucer and the apple. But I haven't brought them here, she said. This made them so angry that they killed her with the axe. They buried her under a birch tree and ran home crying to tell their father that their little sister was lost. The old merchant wept and said he would keep the saucer and the apple in her memory. A shepherd came to the forest, one day, and found the birch tree, with a mound near it, and covered with beautiful flowers and a reed growing out of it. He cut the reed and made the flute. As he put it to his lips, and was about to play, it began to sing. Dear little pipe, go tell my father all for the sake of a silver saucer and a glass apple. I was killed. The kind saw. The shepherd ran through the village with the flute singing its sad song. The merchant heard it and recognized the mention of the saucer and the apple. He asked the shepherd about his flute and went there with him. The merchant and the shepherd dug up the mound and found his daughter inside it, looking as if she were asleep. The flute kept singing and told them about her sisters killing her. The song went on, Dearest father makes me rise again. Water from the Tsar's well will make me live again. The merchant went to the Tsar and told him the whole story and requested for a cup of holy water from his will to revive his daughter. The Tsar was quite fascinated with the tale and gave him the water. Come back with your daughter and bring those two wicked ones too, he ordered. The Tsar finds a queen. The merchant promised and returned to the mound where the shepherds sat waiting. They dug it up and the merchant sprinkled the holy water on his daughter. The merchant's daughter awoke as if from a sleep. He put her in his cart and with the two elder girls, he went to the Tsar as promised. When he saw the merchant's youngest daughter, the Tsar fell in love with him. He ordered that the two elder sisters be punished severely, but the kind girl begged the Tsar for mercy. He agreed to let them go and said he wished to marry her for she would be a kind and good sarina. The merchant was very happy for his daughter. The shepherd loved her, but knew he could not speak before the Tsar. He was just happy to have helped bring her to life with his flute. There was a grand wedding and the merchant's daughter lived happily with the Tsar. The Cruel Stepmother A woodsman had a kind wife and a pretty little daughter, but his wife died. He married a widow with two daughters of her own. She was neither good nor kind, and her daughters were nasty little girls. They grew up into very plain-looking, lazy girls, while the eldest daughter grew up to be very pretty and gentle. Her stepmother made her do all the work in the house cooking, cleaning, washing and serving her stepmother and stepsisters. Her father was unable to do anything, for the woman scolded and beat the girl very often. And more so when he tried to protect her, she became even more cruel when she realized that her stepdaughter was so pretty that her own girls looked ugly and no one would marry them if they saw the prettier girl. So, she made a very cruel plan to get rid of her stepdaughter. The Bridegroom One cold winter morning, she told her husband to harness the horse to his sled and take his daughter to her bridegroom. She told her stepdaughter to pack her a few belongings and go with her father. For she had found a good husband for her, and she was to meet him. Glad to escape from her stepmother, finally, the girl got into the sled with her father. Take her deep into the forest where the pines and firs are covered with snow, said the woman. Leave her there for she is to marry Frost. Her husband protested, but she yelled at him to go. The poor girl wept all the way. They reached a forest clearing where the Frost lay heavily around them. It crackled and froze the limbs. The girl had put on her best dress and a threadbare sheepskin coat. Her father put her down under a fir tree and drove away. Frost's Gifts The girl sat under the tree, shivering and with her teeth chattering in the cold. Frost was leaping from tree to tree, crackling as he went. He came to the fir tree, under which the girl sat. Seeing her shivering, he asked, ''Are you cold, my dear?'' ''No, sir,'' replied the frightened and miserable girl. ''I am warm enough.'' Each time he came closer and asked her the same thing, and each time she replied she was warm enough. Frost felt great pity for the brave little girl and leaping down, He covered her with heavy fur coats and made a nest of warm blankets for her to curl into. The next morning, the woman sent her husband to see the girl, sure that she had frozen in the night. But he was amazed to hear the sound of her voice singing happily. She was warmly and richly dressed and had costly presents all around her the punishment of Frost. When the woodsman reached home, with his daughter richly dressed and carrying all her gifts, her stepmother and stepsisters were shocked. She wanted to know what had happened and the girl told her all about the generosity and kindness of her bridegroom. They were very jealous of her, good fortune. So, the next morning, she made her husband take both her daughters to meet possible bridegrooms in the forest. She gave them food and warm clothes and said they must come back next morning with rich gifts. Grumbling at the cold, the two girls went through the forest. The woodsman left them there and returned. The cold was bitter, frost came to the fir tree and saw the girls quarrelling. They pulled each other's hair and tore their clothes. Frost crackled around them, and in the miserable cold, Dougal froze to death. The stepmother never scolded anyone again. Liubim and the Winged Wolf, Sar Elidar and Serena, Militissa had three sons: Axof, Hut, and Liubim. Akshof and Hut went out to see the world and never returned. Then, Lubim set off to search for his brothers. He found a strong horse and a sword in his father's house. He reached a point where three roads, the sign said one road would starve him, another would starve his horse, while on the third, he would have to face the winged wolf. He chose the third path and the winged wolf attacked him. They fought a fierce battle in which the wolf was defeated. He offered to help and serve Lubim, who told him about his search for his brothers. The wolf said, they have been killed and we need the water of life to bring them to life. The water of life could be obtained only after they had won the beautiful princess. The Waters of Life and Death The wolf told Lyubim that the princess's palace was guarded by a high wall with many bells on it. It was very difficult to go over it without the bells ringing out and raising the guards. So he said Lyubim should leave his horse and the winged wolf would transform himself into a horse to take him over the wall. Lyubim agreed and soon they flew over the wall into the princess's palace. When you see her, you will love her, said the wolf. But first, get the water of life and the water of death in these two flagons. We'll need both to fight her army and to revive your brothers. After walking through various chambers, Lubim came upon the sleeping princess. She was indeed beautiful, and he fell in love. But remembering the wolf's advice, he collected the waters first. Returning over the wall, the bells were set off. The rescue The wolf had warned Lubim that the knights guarding the princess would attack them when the bells rang. "'Take the white horse from the knight,' said the wolf. As the knights attacked, Lyubim and the wolf fought them and Lyubim defeated the knight on the white horse and took it. Riding on it, he attacked the next set of warriors sent by the princess. When they were defeated too, the wolf told Lyubim that the princess would now agree to marry him and that was exactly what happened. The next morning, Lyubim and the princess set off for the kingdom. Of Sar Elidar. On their way back home, Lubim found his dead brother's bones in a forest. He sprinkled them with the waters of death and life and they woke up as if from a sleep. He led them to his tent where they met his bride, the princess, but the brothers were jealous of Lubim's success. Success for Lubim That night, Aksof and Hut planned to kill Lubim. And present themselves before their father as having succeeded in bringing the waters and the princess. The winged wolf had gone having helped Lubim. They cut Lubim into pieces and threatened the princess to keep silent. They decided that Hut took the waters and Aksof would marry the princess. They reached home and, with their parents, they mourned for their brother. The winged wolf, however, was loyal and reached Lubim. He fetched the waters and brought them to life once again. Then changing himself into a horse, they flew to their own kingdom. Preparations were going on for Aksof to marry the princess. Lubim disguised himself as a singer and placed himself on the path the princess's carriage was to travel. He sang about his adventures and his brother's wickedness. He wanted to disclose their true identity. She recognized him and took him to his parents. Lubim married the princess and his brothers were exiled. The squirrel and the Thrush A crowd of people had assembled in front of a merchant's house. They were wondering at a squirrel that ran in the revolving wheel of its cage. A thrust that was sitting on a nearby tree asked the squirrel. Friend, please tell me what you are doing. My dear fellow, replied the squirrel, I don't have time to stop and talk to you. I have lot of work as I am the courier of a nobleman. At once the squirrel started running again. This time, it was faster than ever in its wheel. Yes, said the thrush, and it flew away. I can see that you are running, but despite that, you have not moved and are at the same window every time. In the world, there are many worried busy bees who are always running from one pillar to another. People wonder at them. They make no progress like the squirrel in the wheel. The Pebble and the Diamond Once, a diamond was lying alongside the pebble in the dust on the roadside. Finally, a merchant picked it up and sold it to the king. The king had it set in his royal crown. Now the pebble heard of the diamond's great future and complained about its own hard luck. Once, it saw a traveller passing by and said to him, Can you please take me to the city with you? Maybe, I am honoured when I am in the city. The traveller picked up the pebble and kept it in his cart. He then took it to the city. On the way, the pebble started dreaming. It imagined itself to be set in the same crown along with the diamond. It was happy in its heart of hearts. But its fate was different. It was put to a good use. It was used for mending the road and was placed in a hole in the road. Crimson Flower Once a merchant was ready to set out on a journey, He asked his three daughters what gifts do you all want? The eldest daughter asked for a gold crown and the second one requested a crystal mirror. The youngest daughter asked only for the little crimson flower. The merchant set out on his journey. Soon he found a beautiful golden crown and a fine crystal mirror. As for the crimson flower, he had to search a lot. He searched a magical forest. Deep inside, he found a palace in whose courtyard grew beautiful crimson flowers. Carefully, the merchant plucked the flower. As soon as he plucked it, a gruesome beast appeared in front of him and demanded that in return of the flower, the merchant must send one of his daughters to live with the beast. The merchant went home and told the whole story. The beast turns into a prince. The youngest daughter agreed to go and live with the beast. For some time, she lived happily with the beast. The beast had not revealed himself and took great care of her. One day, she asked him to reveal himself. Though reluctant, the beast revealed himself. The girl was terrified to see him. That night, in a dream, she saw her father falling ill. She requested the beast to let her go so that she might find her dying father. The beast released her but kept the condition that she had to return in three days. The girl met her father and prepared to return to the beast but she was late. She saw the beast lying dead with her crimson flower. The girl embraced the dead beast and declared her love. The evil spell was broken and the beast woke up and turned into a handsome prince. The girl felt elated. They lived happily ever after. The Ass and the Nightingale once an ass saw a nightingale and said, My friend, I have heard that you have a really beautiful voice. I have been waiting from a long time to hear you sing. Delighted by the praise, the nightingale began to sing, whistling in myriad ways. With long-drawn, sniveling notes, she sang one song after another. In one song, she lowered her voice as if it was coming from a distance with the echo of the wind. The entire nature came to a halt to listen her singing. The breeze stopped. The other birds were quiet. The animals lay without a sound upon the grass. After a while, the nightingale stopped singing. Then the ass bent his head towards the ground and said that's not half bad frankly I can listen to you for any length of time but I think you should take lessons from our cock you would be able to sing much better. Trishka's Kaftan Trishka was a Russian peasant. One day he noticed that his kaftan or long skirted gown was torn at the elbows. It was simple, he thought. He cut off a quarter of each sleeve and passed it on the elbows. The elbows looked fine now, but his arms had lost a quarter of their length. Everyone looked at him and laughed. So Trishka said to himself, I am not a fool and I can make everything right again. All I need to do is to make the sleeves as long as they were before. Oh, Trishka is a genius. So, Trishka cut off the skirts of his kaftan. He then used them to lengthen his sleeves. Trishka was delighted. But now his kaftan looked like a waistcoat. There are so many people in the world whose life is like Trishka's kaftan in the hope of getting out of debt. They borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Three Wonderful Beggars Mark was a rich merchant. One night, three beggars came to his house. They asked to stay at his house for the night. Mark was reluctant. But his daughter, Anastasia, requested him to let them stay. They slept in a loft. Anastasia overheard the beggars talking of the seventh son born to peasant Ivan. They decided to name him Vassali. They would also give him all Mark's property. Anastasia told Mark everything. The next morning, Mark went to next village and took the boy from Even, saying that Even was poor and won't be able to raise him properly. He threw the baby over a cliff. Some merchants were passing by and heard the baby crying. They picked him up and handed over to Mark at night. Mark put the child in a barrel and threw him into the sea. The monks found the baby and decided to bring him up. The boy lived with the monks and grew up to be a handsome young man. One day, in the course of his journey, Mark reached the monastery. Vasali meets the beggars. Here, Mark got to know about Vasali and it was clear that he was his godson, whom he had tried to kill. Mark consulted the monks and took Vasali with him. To make his fortune. He sent him with a letter to his wife saying the boy should be killed upon arrival. On the way to Mark's home, Wasali met the three beggars. They blew on his letter and changed the words. Now instead of being killed at Mark's house, he was married to his daughter Anastasia. Mark returned home and was very angry. He sent Vasali on a journey to his friend, the Serpent King, to collect rent. At the Serpent King's house, Vasali met a beautiful girl who saved him from the Serpent King. Vasali thanked her and went home. He reached the river and sprang into the ferry boat. But the ferryman jumped off and Mark had to take his place. For years, Mark had been ferrying people. The Elephant and the Dog Once, a travelling circus was passing by the town. It led an elephant through the streets as a chief attraction. A crowd had gathered to look at him. Suddenly, a pug dog came out of the corner. The moment he saw the elephant, He dashed at him and started barking loudly. A shaggy old man shouted at him. Stop your noise, puppy. This is absolutely ridiculous. Do you think you can fight an elephant? You have been barking so fiercely and still the elephant is intact at its place. It hasn't moved at all and is not paying attention at you. Yes, yes, said the pug. That is what makes me so brave. I don't have to fight and still people think that I am a very savage animal. I am very clever and prodigal as well. I use my mind to trick everybody. The other dogs would say, look at that pug, he is so brave, else he would not have dared to bark at an elephant the boastful geese a farmer was taking some geese to the town to sell he had a long rod in his hand and was hurrying them so the geese complained to every person passing by we are so unfortunate this farmer is driving us so roughly as if we are common ordinary geese the farmer does not know that he needs to respect us We are the descendants of famous geese that once saved Rome from destruction. One of the passers-by asked them, but why do you expect people to respect you today? Why? Yes. Our fathers, the geese of Rome, I know. But what I am asking you is that what you have done? Why should people honor you? We? Why? Nothing. Then why should you expect people to respect you? Let your father sleep in peace. They had received their reward. But you geese are fit only to be roasted. Ivan Sarevich and his sisters. Ivan Sarevich had three sisters. The first was Princess Maria. The second was Princess Olga. And the third was Princess Anna. After the death of their parents, the sisters married three wizards. Princess Maria married the falcon and he took her away into his own realm. Princess Olga married the eagle and he took her and carried her off to his own kingdom. Princess Anna married the raven and he bore her away into his own realm. Prince Ivan was now alone. He had to live without his sisters. After a year, he set off in search of his sisters. During his search, he met Maria Morvina, the beautiful warrior princess, and married her. After a few days, she went for a war. Before leaving, she warned Ivan not to open the door of the dungeon in the castle they lived in. But Ivan wanted to know what was there in the dungeon. So as soon as she left, he opened the door. The death of Koschei, the deathless. Inside the dungeon, Ivan found Koschei chained and gaunt. Koschei asked for some water and Ivan gave him. Koschei drank 12 buckets of water and his magical powers returned. He broke the chains and disappeared. Soon, Ivan got to know that Koschei had taken Maria Morvena away with him. Ivan chased him. Ivan took over Koschei. He told Ivan to let him go, but Ivan didn't give in. Koschei killed him, put his remains into a barrel, and threw it into the sea. Ivan was revived by his sister's husband's powerful wizards, who could transform into birds of prey. The wizards told Ivan that Koschei had a magic horse and Ivan should go to Baba Yaga to get one too. Without it, he won't be able to defeat Koschei. Even passed all Baba Yaga's tests and got the horse. A fierce battle took place, and Goschev was defeated. Ivan burnt his body. Maria Morvena returned to Ivan, and they celebrated Ivan's victory with his sisters and their husbands. Baba Yaga, the bony witch, a couple had an only daughter. When the man's wife died, he married again, but the wicked stepmother did not like the girl she always thought of ways to get rid of her one day the wicked stepmother said to the girl go to my sister your aunt and ask her for a needle and thread to stitch a dress for you now the wicked stepmother's sister was none other than baba yaga the bony witch now the little girl was very intelligent Instead of going to Baba Yaga, she first went to her own aunt. She asked, Mother has sent me to her sister for a needle and thread to stitch a dress for me. What should I do? The aunt told her what to do. Listen, my dear, she said. At Baba Yaga's home, you will find a birch tree that will lash your face. Tie it with a ribbon. There will be gates that will creak and bang, don't forget to pour oil on the hinges. The Maid Boils Water The girls aunt continued, there will be dogs that will try to rip you apart, throw them fresh rolls, there will be a cat that will try to scratch your eyes out, give her some ham. The little girl left and went to the witch's abode. Baba Yaga sat inside a hut. She was spinning. Good day, auntie, said the little girl. Good day, dear, the witch replied. Mother has sent me to borrow a needle and a thread to stitch a dress for me, said the girl. Fine, Baba Yaga said. Sit down and start weaving. The little girl sat and started weaving. Then Baba Yaga went out and told her, serving maid, go and boil the water and give my niece a good bath, I want to eat her for breakfast. The maid did as instructed, the little girl sat there in terror. The cat helps the little girl. The little girl begged the maid, oh please don't bump the wood, pour water on instead, then carry the weave in a sieve and she gave the maid a kerchief. In the meantime, Baba Yaga was waiting for her. She went to the window and asked, Are you weaving, dear niece? I am weaving, the girl replied. When Baba Yaga went away from the window, the little girl gave some ham to the cat. She then asked the cat for a way to escape. The cat gave her a comb and a towel Take them and run away. When Baba Yaga chases you, listen to the sound of her coming and throw down the tal. A wide river will appear. If she crosses the river and starts following you again, when you hear her coming close, throw down your comb. A dense forest will appear. She won't be able to cross the forest. The little girl took the tal, and comb and ran. Baba Yaga scolds everybody. While she was running, the dogs tried to attack her. But she threw the fresh rolls and they let her go. The gates tried to shut down but she poured some oil on the hinges and they let her pass. The birch tree tried to lash her face but she tied it with a ribbon. Meanwhile, the cat sat down at the loom. After every few minutes, Baba Yaga would call, "'Are you weaving, dear niece?' and the cat would answer in a low voice, "'I am weaving, auntie.' The witch felt something suspicious. She rushed into the hut and saw that the girl had ran away. The witch started thrashing the cat and scolded her for not scratching out the girl's eyes. Baba Yaga then thrashed and scolded all the dogs, the gates, the birch-tree and the serving meat. Everyone said to her, We have served you for years. Still you never gave us anything. Vasilisa the Beautiful A merchant had a single daughter named Vasilisa. She was very beautiful. So she was known as Vasilisa the Beautiful. When she was eight year old, her mother died. Before dying, Vasilisa's mother gave her a tiny wooden doll. She instructed Vasilisa to give the doll a little to eat and a little to drink if she was in need. The doll would then help her. As soon as her mother died, Vasilisa gave the doll a little to drink and a little to eat, and it comforted her. After some time, her father married again. Vasilisa now had two stepsisters. The stepmother was very cruel to her, but the doll helped Vasilisa perform all the tasks that her stepmother imposed on her. One day the merchant had to go to another town. His wife sold the house and all of them had to move in a gloomy hut by the forest. The Stepmother One day the stepmother gave each of the girls a task and put out all the fires except a single candle. Her elder daughter then put out the candle. Then, they asked Vasilisa to go and fetch light from Baba Yaga's hut. Vasilisa asked her doll, and the doll advised her to go. On her way, a strange man rode by her in the hours before dawn. He was dressed in white, riding a white horse, and all his equipments were also white. A little later, a similar rider passed by, but he was all in red. She reached Baba Yaga's house that stood on chicken legs. The house was walled by a fence made of human bones. A black rider rode past her and night fell. The eye sockets of the skulls began to glow. Vasilisa was too scared. She could not run away. So Baba Yaga found her when she arrived in her mortar. Baba Yaga told Vasilisa to perform certain tasks to earn the fire, else she would be killed. Vasilisa and Baba Yaga Vasilisa had to clean the house and yard, wash Baba Yaga's clothes and cook a meal for her. After that, Baba Yaga asked her to separate grains of rotten corn from sour corn and separate poppy seeds from grains of soil. Saying this, Baba Yaga left and Vasilisa kept working. She was very tired. She had lost all hope of completing the tasks. At that very moment, the doll whispered, that she would complete the tasks and that the girl should sleep. At dawn, the white rider passed and at noon, the red. When the black rider rode past, Baba Yaga returned and she was surprised to see that all the tasks were completed. She asked Vasilisa if she had any questions. Vasilisa wanted to know about the rider's identities. Baba Yaga said that the white one was day, the red one, the sun, and the black one, night. In return, Baba Yaga wanted to know the secret of Vasilisa's success. The Skull Lantern Vasilisa said that the reason of her success was my mother's blessings. Baba Yaga could not tolerate anyone with any kind of blessing in her presence. So she threw Vasilisa out of her house and sent her home. Baba Yaga gave her a skull lantern full of burning coals to provide light for her step family. When she returned home, Vasilisa found that after she had left the hut, her stepfamily had been unable to light any candle or fire in their home. The lamps and the candles could not be brought from outside as well. All of them were snuffed the moment they were carried over the threshold. The coals of the skull lantern burned Vasilisa's stepmother, and stepped sisters to ashes. Vasilisa then buried the skull so that no one else might be harmed by it. Later, Vasilisa became an assistant to a clothmaker in Russia's capital city. She became so skilled at her work that the Tsar himself noticed her skull and later married her. Disar and his sons, once Asar had three sons, Disar wanted all of them to get married. He told them, each of you has to shoot an arrow into the air as far as you can. Then you will have to marry the girl living at the place where your arrow lands. As told by their father, the three sons shot their arrows. The arrow of the eldest son landed in the courtyard of a noble man. The arrow of the middle son fell into a merchant's yard. The arrow of Prince Ivan, the youngest son, fell into a swamp. When he went to the swamp, he found a frog holding the arrow in its mouth. All of them married their brides. Prince Ivan was very sad. As he had to marry a frog. One day, the Tsar called his three sons and said, I want each of your wives to sew me a shirt by tomorrow morning. The first two sons went off to tell their wives. The Frog Princess Feeling sad, Prince Ivan went home. His frog wife asked him why he was sad. He replied, my father wants you to sew him a beautiful shirt by tomorrow. The frog wife asked him not to worry. That night, when everyone was asleep, the frog turned into a beautiful princess named Vasilisa the Wise. She clapped her hands and her maids appeared. They sewed a shirt. Next morning, Ivan took the shirt to the Tsar. The Tsar loved the shirt. He did not like the shirts brought by other two sons. After a few days, the Tsar told his sons, Dear sons, tomorrow there is a feast at the palace. Bring your wives dressed in their finest clothes. Prince Ivan told his frog wife about the feast. She told him, Don't worry, you go to the feast. I will come later. The next day, Ivan went alone for the feast. Suddenly, everybody heard a booming sound approaching the palace. The Search A golden carriage drove up to the palace gates. The door opened and Vasilisa the wise descended from the carriage. She took the hand of Ivan, and walked in with him to the feast. Ivan was delighted to have such a wonderful wife, who ran home and burned her discarded frog skin, so that she might remain beautiful. After the feast, they returned home. Vasilisa could not find her frog skin. Sadly, she said to Ivan, You should have waited three more days, I would have been your real wife forever, but now I must go and live as the prisoner of koschei the deathless immediately she disappeared he wept and went in search for her he came to a little hut on chicken legs where baba yaga grandmother spirit lived she told him that Vasilisa was at koschei's house baba yaga also said that it was difficult to defeat koschei even asked the secret of Kosche's death. Vasilisa's rescue. Baba Yaga replied, His death is at a needle's end. The needle is in an egg. The egg is in a duck. The duck is in a rabbit. The rabbit is in a stone chest. The chest is at the top of a tall oak tree. Even thanked her. On the way, he met a bear, a drake, a rabbit, and a pike. He spared them all and did not kill them. He continued until he found the oak tree. It was too tall. The bear even had spared appeared and tore the tree up by its roots. The chest fell and broke. The rabbit jumped out and wanted to run away. But the rabbit, Ivan had spared, overtook the first one and killed it. The duck flew out, but the drake caught it. The egg fell out of the duck into the sea. The pike found the egg and brought it to Ivan. He opened the egg, broke off the point of the needle, and Koschei at once died. Vasilisa was now free the pike and the cat. Once upon a time, there was a proud young pike. One day it so happened that the foolish pike decided to leave his home in the water and live like the cat. He was either jealous of the cat's easy, comfortable life or perhaps he was fed up of eating fish dinner every day. He called the cat one day and said take me along when you go to hunt mice in the warehouse. The cat was shocked. She asked, My friend, why on the earth do you want to catch mice? You know nothing about it. You will make a mess of it. One should do what one is best at. You cannot be a jack of all trades. But the pike was steadfast in his decision and wanted to go. He replied, Don't worry about me. The Pike's Bad Luck The Pike thought that catching mice was no big deal for the one who was used to catching minnows. Oh, very well, we shall see. Come along, said the cat. Now both the cat and the Pike went to the warehouse to catch the mice. They lay and waited for the mice. They sat in front of different mouse holes. The cat's luck was good. She enjoyed a great mouse dinner. Then she went to see what pike her friend had got. The cat was shocked. The poor pike lay flat on the wear room floor. He was weakly gasping for breath. His tail was half nibbled away by the mice. The cat felt pity for him. She thought, that the pike undertook a task that was beyond his strength. So she dragged the half-dead pike to the pond and flung him into the water. THE RIDDLE Once a peasant was sowing seeds in a field. The king came riding along and asked the peasant, How much do you own from this field? The peasant replied, some 80 rubles if the harvest is good. The king then asked him what he did with the money. The peasant said, I give 20 rubles in taxes, 20 to repay a debt, 20 as a loan and throw 20 out of the window. The king asked him to explain, Supporting my father is repaying a debt, sustaining my son is giving a loan and keeping my daughter is throwing money out of the window. Well said, exclaimed the king, and he gave the peasant a handful of silver. He ordered the peasant not to tell about this conversation to anyone without his approval. On reaching his palace, the king called together his generals. Solve this riddle, he said. I saw a peasant. I asked him how much he earns and how he spends it. The man replied that he got 80 rubles. THE KING'S APPROVAL The king continued, He gave 20 in taxes, 20 to repay a debt, 20 as a loan, and threw 20 out of the window. Whoever solves the riddle will be richly rewarded. The generals could not find the answer. Then one of the generals went to the prison offered him money and asked him how to solve the king's riddle. The peasant was tempted by the money and told the general everything. The general returned to the king and gave the answer to his riddle. The king was angry that the peasant had not kept his word and ordered him to be brought. He came before the king and confessed that it was he who had told the general the answer. The king ordered him to be executed. But I have committed no offence, the peasant said. Saying so, the peasant took out a silver rouble with the king's head upon it from his pocket. He showed it to the king. That is indeed my approval, said the king, and he rewarded the peasant. The Swan Geese Once upon a time, A couple had a daughter named Masha and a two-year-old son, Vanya. One day, the mother and the father were going out for work. They asked Masha to look after herself and her little brother. Masha carefully listened to her parents, but as soon as they left, she seated her brother on the grass under the window and she ran out into the street. She started playing with her friends. Vanya was left alone. All of a sudden, a flock of magic swan geese came flying up. They swept up Vanya and carried him off on their wings towards the forest. After playing with her friends, Masha returned home. Vanya was not there. Scared, she started crying. She looked all around but he was nowhere to be seen. Now, the swan geese were considered to be wicked birds who did much evil and stole little children. The search for Vanya begins. Masha saw a flock of geese flying towards the forest. She realized that they were magic swan geese and they took Vanya away. She decided to rescue Vanya and so stated the following swan geese. But soon, they were out of sight, Masha came up to a large brick oven. She asked, Please own, tell me where the swan geese have flown. Eat my rye pies and then I will tell you, replied the oven. To that, Masha replied, I don't eat rye pies. The oven kept quiet and so Masha ran on. She now reached a tall apple tree. Apple tree, tell me where the swan geese are flying to. She asked. Eat my wild apple and I will tell you, answered the tree. No, I won't. I eat apples with honey. She ran and came to a milky river with jelly banks. Please, milky river, tell me where the swan geese are flying to, asked Masha. Eat my jelly with milk and then only I will tell you," the river answered. Masha refused and ran away. Masha and Baba Yaga Masha looked around but could not see anything. Finally, she came upon a little cottage with chicken legs. The cottage was spinning around. Inside the cottage sat Baba Yaga, the witch. Her face was wrinkled and covered with moles. On her shoulder, an owl was sitting. On a bench beside her, she saw Vanya sitting and playing with juicy apples. Quietly, she went in, grabbed Vanya in her arms, and ran off. But the swan geese flew after the children. Masha and Vanya reached the Milky River with the jelly banks. She requested the river to hide them. Eat my jelly with milk and I will hide you, the river answered. Masha ate it and the river covered them with its banks. The swan geese missed them and flew away. Masha thanked the river and they started running. The children were relaxed and thought that they got away. Soon, they heard the sound of swan geese approaching. Masha asks for help. Luckily, they reached an apple tree that Masha had met earlier, during the day. She begged the tree to save them. Eat my wild apple and I will save you, the tree answered. She quickly chewed up an apple. The tree hid Masha and Vanya under its leafy branches. The swan geese could not see them and flew by. Masha picked up Vanya and started running. Soon, they again heard the sound of magic-sworn geese. Luckily, there was the oven right in front of her. Please, oven, hide me, she begged. Eat my rye pies and get inside, the oven answered. Masha gobbled up the rye pie and jumped into the oven with Vanya. The geese flew by. The children started running and were just a little distance away from their home when they saw the swan geese approaching yet again. They rushed towards the home, went in and closed the door. They were safe. Soon the parents came back home with gifts for both Masha and Vanya. Right and Wrong Once upon a time, There were two peasants, Ivan and Norm. Together, they decided to go to another village and look for work. They kept travelling and finally came to a well-off village. They were hired by different masters. After working for a week, they met on Sunday. My dear friend, how much have you earned? asked Ivan. The Lord has given me five rubles, replied Norm, even laughed and said, The Lord, he won't give you even a farthing. You have to earn it for yourself. No, you are wrong, dear friend. Without the Lord's help, you cannot do anything, not even earn a farthing, said Norm. They began to argue and finally took the decision. We will both walk along the road. The first person we meet, we will ask him who is right. The one who loses will have to give all the money he has earned to the other one. So they went off. Norm loses his arm. After walking a few steps, they met an evil spirit in human skies. They asked him whether people earn for themselves or the Lord gives them. He replied, What you earn, you earn yourself. It's not good to rely on the Lord. So Norm gave all his money to Evan and went back to his master empty-handed. Another week passed. The next Sunday, Evan and Norm met again. They argued over the same topic. Norm said, Though you took all my money last week, the Lord has given me more. Well, said Evan, if you still think that the Lord gave the money to you, let's ask the first person you meet again who is right. The one who is wrong will have to hand over all his money and lose his right arm. Norm agreed. They walked along the road and met the evil spirit again. He gave the same answer even took Norm's money, cut off his right arm, and went away. The Evil Spirits Norm was sad and wondered what he would do now without an arm. How would he earn? But still, he believed that the Lord is merciful. He went to the river and lay down on the bank under a boat. Norm decided to spend the night there and then make up his mind in the morning, what he would do. At midnight, numerous evil spirits assembled in the boat. They all began to demonstrate the naughtiness they had done. One of the evil spirits said, I gave false judgment in an argument between two men. And the man who was right lost his arm. To this another evil spirit replied, he needs to roll in the dew three times and his arm will grow again. I cast the evil eye on a rich man's daughter, and she is almost wasted away," boasted a third. Listen to that, taunted a fourth. Anyone who feels sorry for that rich man can easily cure his daughter. Just get hold of such and such plant, boil it up, and bathe her in the water. She will be absolutely fit. Nom Becomes Rich Norm had overheard this conversation, so the next day he made his right arm grow again and also cured the rich man's daughter. The rich man gave him a lot of money and he began to prosper. One day he met Ivan. He was surprised to see Norm and asked him how he had made his money and got his right arm back. Norm kept no secret and told him everything about the evil spirits even listened carefully, and thought, Why don't I do the same and become rich? So he went to the river and lay down on the bank under the boat. Like before, at midnight the evil spirits assembled. Someone must be eavesdropping, brothers, said one of them. That man's arm has grown again, and the rich man's daughter is cured. They at once rushed to look under the boat, found Evan And minced him Shabarsha Shabarsha a peasant was upset as the harvest that year was bad his master ragged his brains about how to take care of the cattle and where to get some money from don't worry master Shabarsha said to him just give me the day and I'll find a way then He went to the mill pond and sat on the bank. Suddenly, a little boy in a red cap jumped out of the water and stood in front of Shabar's What are you doing here? He asked. Weaving a rope, he replied. What for? I'm going to clean up the pond and crush all you devils. Oh no! Wait a moment. I'll run and tell my grandfather. The little devil ran and dived into the water. Shabarsha continued with his work. Haha, he thought, I'll play a trick on you and make you give me all your gold and silver. Shabarsha and the little boy Shabarsha started digging a pit. He dug a deep hole and placed his cap upside down with a cut-out hole. Shabarsha, "'Grandfather is asking what you will take to leave us and not drag us out of the water. "'Fill this cap here with gold and silver,' the devil boy dived back into the water. "'He returned and said, "'Grandfather says that first you and I must wrestle. "'How can I wrestle with a bunny like you? "'You couldn't even deal with my middle brother Bruin. "'And where is your Bruin?' over there resting in that crevice under a bush how can i ask him to wrestle just go and hit him on the side he will get up on his own the devil boy went to the crevice found the bear and poked him in the side with a stick bruin reared up on his hind legs and grabbed the boy so hard that his ribs cracked he forced himself out of the bear's clutches. THE GRANDFATHER'S CUDDLE The boy fled back to his grandfather in the pond. Grandfather, he shouted in terror, Shabarshah's younger brother, Bruin, wrestled with me and cracked my bones. What would have happened if I'd wrestled with Shabarsha? Hmm, go back and have a race with Shabarsha, said the grandfather. So, the boy went back to Shabarsha and repeated what his grandfather had said. Shabarsha replied, why should I race with you? Even my little brother Harry, the hare would leave you far behind. The little boy went to the hare, raced with him and was defeated. Now, the old man said, you are not very strong, my boy. Go and get my iron color from the reeds and see which of you can toss it higher. The devil boy found the cuddle and went to Shabarsha. Shabarsha, grandfather told me to give it one more try. Let's see who can toss this cuddle higher into the air. All right, you toss first and I'll watch, replied Shabarsha. Shabarsha's cap is full. The devil boy tossed the cuddle up and it flew higher into the sky until it was only a tiny dot. They had to wait a very long time for it to come down. Then, Shabasha picked it up to throw up to the cloud. At once the boy said, Oh no, Shabasha, don't throw curl up to the cloud. Grandfather will be angry. He snatched the curl from Shabasha and dived back to his grandfather. Grandfather was so afraid that he ordered the boy to get the money from the pawn and give it to Shabasha. The devil boy kept pouring money into the cap, but it was never full. Grandfather, Shabasha has a strange cap. I keep filling it with gold and silver, but it's still empty. Finally, he took his grandfather's last chest of treasure and poured all the gold and silver coins into Shabashah's cap. It was now full to the brim. The Horse, the Table clock, and the Horn Once upon a time, there was an old woman. Her son was a fool. One day, the fool found three peas. He picked them up and planted them outside the village. When the shoots came up, he began to guard them. One day, he saw a crane pecking at them. The fool quietly went and caught the crane. Aha, he said. I'm going to kill you. The crane begged him to release her. In return, she would give him a present. The fool agreed. The crane gave him a horse and said, When you want some money, say go to the horse, and when you have enough, stay stopped. The fool took the horse, climbed on it and said go. The horse dissolved into a pile of silver. The fool started laughing and then said stop. The silver was transformed back into the horse. The fool said goodbye to the crane and led the horse home. At home, he strictly told her mother, don't say go, only say stop, he said and left the fool's mother was confused the fool's mother was confused as to why he said those words she thought what if i do say go and she said it the horse turned into silver her eyes sparkled and she quickly started collecting the money in a box when she had enough she said stop in the meantime, the fool again found the crane pecking his piece, caught it, and threatened to kill it. This time, the crane gave him a tablecloth. The crane said, When you are hungry and want to eat, say unfold, and when you have eaten, say fold up. The fool at once tried it out. Unfold, he said, and the tablecloth unfolded. He ate and drank and ordered fold up and the tablecloth folded itself up. He took it home, don't say unfold to the tablecloth, only say fold up. His mother did the same with the tablecloth as with the horse. She said unfold. She ate and drank and then ordered fold up. The fool ran home. The fool again caught the crane who gave him a horn as she flew into the air she said say out of the horn unfortunately the fool said those words and two young men with cuddles leapt out of the horn and started beating the fool. then the crane screamed from the sky into the horn and the two men disappeared the fool went home with the horn and said to his mother don't say out of the horn, say into the horn instead. The moment the fool left, his mother locked the door and said, Out of the horn. Immediately, the two young men with cuddles jumped out of the horn and started beating the old woman. Hearing a scream, the fool ran home, but the door was locked. He shouted, Into the horn. When the old woman had recovered, she opened the door. And the fool came in. The fool said, Serve you right, mother. I told you not to say that. The fool and his mother lived happily. The fool decided to give a feast and invited all the lords and the ladies and the noblemen. When they had arrived and seated themselves, he led the horse and said, Go, the horse turned into silver. The guest was stunned and started stealing the silver and hiding them in their pockets. Then the fool said stop and the horse reappeared. Now it was time to feed the guests and so the fool took out the tablecloth. He said unfold, it unfolded and food and drink appeared on it. The guests began to eat, drink and make merry. When all the guests had eaten, the fool said, Fold up, and the tablecloth folded up. Now he brought out the horn. The guests shouted, Out of the horn! The two young men leapt out and began to beat them until they returned the money they had stolen and ran off. And the fool and his mother lived happily ever after. The Miser Once upon a time, There was a rich merchant named Marco. He was a miser. One day, he went for a walk. On the way, he saw an old man sitting and begging in the name of Christ. Though Marco noticed him, he walked past him. At the same time, a poor man came walking there. The poor man took pity on the beggar. And gave him a kopeck. The rich man felt ashamed, so he asked the poor man to lend him a kopeck. Marco said, I want to give the poor beggar something, but I don't have change. The poor man gave him a kopeck and asked, When should I come to collect my money back? Tomorrow, replied the rich man. The next day, The poor man went to Marco's house to get his kopeck back. He went into the big courtyard and asked the man standing there, Is Marco the rich at home? Marco fakes death. The man said, Yes, and sent the poor man to meet Marco. Marco asked him, What do you want? I have come for my kopeck replied the poor man. Come back later, my man. I really have no change, said Marco. The poor man bowed and went off, saying, I will come back tomorrow. The next morning, the poor man came again, and the same thing happened. I don't have small coins. Give me change for a hundred-ruble note if you have, or come again after fifteen days, said Marco. After 15 days, the poor man again went to meet Marco, but Marco the rich saw him coming and said to his wife, Quick, wife, I will take off my clothes and lie down, you cover me with a sheet, then sit down and cry as if I were dead. When the man comes and asks for money, tell him I passed away today. The wife did as her husband said and she sat and started crying. Poor man, the poor man entered the room. What do you want, the wife asked? I have come to take the money I lent to Marco, the rich replied the poor man. Well, Marco, the rich is no more. He had passed away this morning only. Many his soul rest in peace. Allow me to be of service to him, mistress. Let me wash his sinful body. Saying so, he picked up a pot of hot water and began to pour it on Marco, the rich. Marco could not bear the hot water and his nose and feet started trembling. Tremble as much as you want, but give me back my kopeck, said the poor man. The poor man washed Marco and after dressing him fittingly, he said, Go and get a coffin, widow, we will carry him to the church and I will read the Psalter over him. So they put Marco, the wretch, in a coffin and carried him to the church. The poor man read the Psalter. The Copic Night fell and it was pitch dark. The window of the church opened and the thieves began to climb into the church. Afraid, the poor man hid behind the altar. The thieves had a lot of stolen money and jewels with them. They began dividing it amongst themselves. But there was one gold sabre which they were all tugging. Each one of them wanted it. Suddenly, the poor man jumped out from behind the altar and yelled, Why are you quarrelling? Whoever cuts off the corpse's head can have the sabre. Marco the rich heard this and jumped in alarm. The thieves were scared, robbed all the money, and treasure, and ran away. Come on, let us divide up the money, said Marco. So they divided the money equally, and each of them had a big pile. What about the copic? asked the poor man. You can see, my dear brother, I don't have change, replied Marco, and so Marco the rich never repaid his debt. The White Duck Once, a prince married a beautiful princess, but soon had to leave for a long journey. The prince asked her not to leave her chamber and to avoid wicked people. The princess promised to do so, and as soon as the prince left, she locked herself in her chamber. One day, a woman, who was in reality a witch, lured her into the garden. The witch then made the princess step into the pool and turned her into a white duck. The witch then took the princess's shape, wore her clothes and waited for the prince. By and by a pup screeched, a bell clinked and there was the prince at the gate. The witch rushed out to meet him, embraced and kissed him. The prince was overcome with joy and never knew who she was. Meanwhile, the white duck laid three eggs, and babies were hatched, two of them strong lads, and the third, a tiny little thing. The Ducklings The white duck took good care of her babies. They began to walk along the pool, but she warned them to stay away from the castle, because an evil witch lived there. But one day, the witch saw them and lewed them inside. She gave them food and drink, and made them lie on the beds. She then ordered the servants to light the fire, hang a kettle on it, and sharpen the knives. The two strong lads fell fast asleep, but the third, the tiny one, did not sleep and listened and saw everything. At midnight, the witch came to the door. Of the chamber and asked are you asleep little children the tiny one answered we cannot sleep for the thoughts that chill us they are not asleep the witch told herself she came and asked twice but after two answers the witch went in to see the ducklings were sleeping soundly and she killed them mercilessly in one go The truth revealed. In the morning, the white duck searched and called to her children, but they did not come. She felt that evil had befallen them. She flew to the castle and found the bodies of little ducklings and lamented over them. The prince heard her crying. The duck is speaking in a human voice, said the prince. It only seems so to you, the witch told him. The servant chased the duck away, but it flew round and round and dropped down again beside her children. She narrated the whole story about the witch. The prince ordered the servants to catch the duck. They rushed out, but the duck flew round and round and would not be caught. Now, the prince himself went to catch the duck. The duck itself flew upon his hands and fell at his feet. The prince carefully lifted it by its little wing and said, Rise behind me, a white birch, stand before me, a fair maid. The Family The white duck turned into a beautiful lady, and she was none other than her wife, the real princess. The prince and the princess, then, caught a magpie and tied two files to its wings. One was to be filled with the living water and the other with the talking water. The magpie flew and was soon back with the living and the talking water. First, they sprinkled their sons with the living water and they came back to life. Then they sprinkled them with the talking water and they began to talk and laugh. Now. The prince had his whole family with him, and they never had a reason to cry, and prospered year after year. The evil past never returned in their life, and they lived happily, as per the prince's command. The witch was tied to a horse's tail, and the horse sent across a field. Not a trace of her remained. The Princess Who Never Smiled Once upon a time, There was a princess who never laughed. Throughout her life, she did not even smile. Her father loved her very much and felt very sad to see her like this. He made the announcement that whoever made the princess laugh would marry her. Soon, the palace was filled with the clowns, jugglers and many other performers. They tried a lot but none of them could make the princess smile ever. Near the palace lived a man named Jack. Though he was a bit clumsy, he was a simple and an honest person. He was very poor and lived with his mother. One day, Jack's mother told him to go and look for some work. Jack managed to get a job as a helper in an ivory that was near the palace after the first day of work. The owner of the ivory gave Jack a dozen eggs as his wage. Jack carried the eggs on his arm. Jack and the Piglet Jack was so thrilled that he went home running happily to tell his mother. Unfortunately, in front of the palace, his foot slipped and he fell on the ground. All the eggs broke. The princess who was standing at the window of the palace saw everything but didn't even smile. When Jack reached home, his mother told him, You foolish boy, you should have kept the eggs in your hat, then they wouldn't have broken. Next time, I'll do that mother, Jack promised. The next day, after toiling throughout the day, Jack was given a piglet as his wage for the day. Recalling his mother's words, he put the piglet in his hat and went towards home. But as soon as he reached in front of the palace, the piglet wiggled his way out of the hat and escaped. Jack ran after him with all his might. He fell into a puddle of mud and was covered with mud from head to toe. Jack gets a big fish. This time, the princess was standing at the balcony of the palace and watched Jack. Again she did not smile. As he went home with the mud dripping from his clothes, his mother scolded him and said, Oh Jack, what should I do with you? Why didn't you tie a rope to the piglet? I will do that next time, mother, Jack said. The next day, Jack worked even harder. This time, the owner gave him a very big fish to take home for dinner. Just as he had promised, Jack tied a rope to the fish and pulled it along the road to his home. The cats of the town smelled the fish and came running. They started nibbling the fish and ate it all up. Jack did not even realize he was in a careful mood. He passed through the palace with only the snipe of the fish tied to the rope. But again, The princess did not even smile. The princess laughs. Jack went home. His mother was again upset and said to him, Why didn't you carry the fish, foolish boy? Next time, I will, Jack replied. The next day, Jack worked harder than ever before and the owner gave him a cow to take home. Remembering the promise that he made to his mother, Jack got under the cow, lifted her on his shoulders and tried to carry her home. Now, this looked very funny. The princess, who was looking at him, started laughing loudly. She couldn't stop laughing. The king was delighted to see her daughter laughing. The king called Jack and his mother to the palace. There was a big banquet. Jack married the princess and lived in the palace with him. The princess always laughed with him and they both lived happily ever after. Alyonushka and Ivanushka In a small Russian village, there lived an old man and an old woman. They had a daughter named Alyonushka and a son named Ivanushka. Soon the couple died. And Eleonushka and Ivanushka were left all alone in the world. Eleonushka had to go out to work, and Ivanushka went along as he was too young to stay alone at home. One day, when they were coming back home, Ivanushka felt thirsty. Sister Eleonushka, I am thirsty, he said. Eleonushka, asked him to wait until they came to a well. But the day was too hot and they had a long way to go. They came upon a cow's hoof filled with water. Ivanushka asked alonushka if he could drink just one sip from the cattle trough. Please do not drink from there, otherwise you will turn into a calf. The well is not that far from here, warned Alonushka. Ivanushka obeyed her. They walked on a bit farther and came upon a horse's hoof, but Ivanushka could not drink from there as well. Ivanushka turns into a goat. Elonushka and Ivanushka kept walking and came upon a goat's hoof filled with water. Ivanushka was exhausted and thirsty. This time, He did not listen to his sister and drank out of a goat's hoof. The moment he finished drinking, he turned into a white baby goat. As soon as Iwanushka saw the young goat, she understood what happened to Ivanushka, and she started weeping. She sat on the ground near a stack of hay and the little white goat happily leaped in play around it. Just then, a merchant chanced to ride nearby and asked her why she was crying. Eleonushka told him his sad story. The merchant fell in love with her and proposed to her for marriage. Marry me, pretty lady. I will dress you in gold and silver and the little goat will live with us. Eleonushka agreed to marry him. Both Eleonushka and her young brother moved to the merchant's house and lived in harmony. Eleunushka and the Witch. One day, when the merchant was away from home, an ugly witch appeared. She stood under Eleunushka's window and begged her sweetly to go and bathe in the river with her. Eleunushka followed the witch. The witch attacked Eleunushka, tied a huge rock round her neck, and threw her into the depth of water. Then, She put on Elunushka's clothes and went to her house. No one guessed she was not Elunushka, but a witch, not even the merchant. Only the little goat knew that she was not real Elunushka, but the wicked Baba Yaga. Every evening, he used to run to the lake to call for his sister, when Baba Yaga, Got to know this, she asked the merchant to kill the goat. She insisted so much that the merchant said, Alright, you kill him then. In the meantime, the witch ordered the servant to search for the goat and bring it to her. Ivanushka is saved. Ivanushka ran to the river and cried, Elonushka, my dear sister, swim out to me. Elanushka responded from the bottom of the river. "Ivanushka, my dear brother, the heavy stone doesn't let me swim. I can barely breathe. The servant saw Ivanushka on the shore who was crying by talking to the river and a human voice answered him. The servant rushed back home and told his master what he had heard and seen. The merchant himself Went to the lake to find out the truth. He called some people who went down to the river and, casting a net, dragged Elonushka out onto the bank. He untied the stone which was round her neck and Elonushka opened her eyes. Ivanushka was happy and delighted. The wicked witch was executed and the little goat turned back into the young boy Ivanushka. The three of them lived happily throughout the rest of their life. The Twelve Dancing Princesses Once upon a time, there was a king who had twelve beautiful daughters. All of them slept together in one room in twelve beds. When they went to bed, the doors were shut and locked up. Nevertheless, every morning the shoes looked quite worn as if the princesses had danced all night. But nobody knew where the princesses went every night. So, the king announced in the entire kingdom, if any person could discover the secret and find out where the princesses danced in the night, I will get him married to the princess of his own choice. Also, he would be the king after my death. No one was able to find out the secret. Whoever tried and did not succeed was put to death after three days and nights. After several princes had failed in their attempts, the king called upon an old soldier who had returned from the war. While travelling through woods, he came upon an old woman. The escaped. The soldier told the woman about the secret he was going to discover. She gave him a cloak and said, As soon as you wear it, you will become invisible and you will easily be able to follow the princesses wherever they go. Also, be careful not to drink any of the wine which one of the princesses will bring to you in the evening and pretend to be fast asleep the old woman added. The soldier thanked the old woman and went to the palace. The soldier was well received at the palace. In the evening, the eldest princess came to the soldier's chamber and offered him a goblet of wine. Recalling the old woman's words, the soldier threw it away and later pretended to sleep. When the twelve princesses were certain that the soldier had slept, they dressed themselves in fine dancing gowns they escaped through a trapdoor in the floor the soldier saw the princesses the soldier saw the princesses escaping and donned his magic cloak he followed them accidentally he stepped on the gown of the youngest princess she said someone took hold of my gown the elder sister replied It is nothing but a nail in the wall. The stairs led them to three groves of trees, the first having leaves of silver, the second of gold, and the third of glittering diamonds. The soldier wished to take away token of the place, so he broke off a little branch each of gold, silver, and diamond. They kept walking till they came to a great lake. There were twelve little boats and twelve princes in them waiting for the princesses. Each princess got into one boat and the soldier stepped into the same boat with the youngest princess. The prince felt that the boat was heavy and was not rowing fast. He did not know that the soldier was also sitting in the boat. The secret revealed. On the other side of the lake stood a castle into which all the princesses went with their princes and danced. The twelve princesses danced till morning till their shoes were worn out. Then they left and the princess rowed them back over the lake. On the second and third nights also this strange adventure happened as before. On the third night The soldier took away a golden cup as a token of that place. Soon, it was time to declare the secret of the princesses. The soldier was brought before the king with the three branches and the golden cup. He told the king what he saw. The king called the twelve princesses and asked if what the soldier said was true. They confessed it all. The soldier chose the eldest princess as his wife. For he was not a very young man, he was also made the king's hire. Even and the Firebird. Once there lived a mighty tsar named Visalid who had a magnificent orchard of which he was very proud. But every night a firebird came to his favorite apple tree and stole away golden apples. Feeling upset, he called his three sons to help. The Tsar said, Whoever catches this firebird, I will give him half of my kingdom now and the other half when I die. The eldest son guarded the apple tree the first night. But he fell asleep and the firebird stole many apples. The next night, the second son watched the apple tree. But he too fell asleep, and the firebird flew away with more apples. Finally, even the youngest son guarded the tree on the third night. Suddenly, the orchard lit up, and the firebird made its entry. Even grabbed it by its tail. The bird sneaked out, and even was left just with a bright red lit tail feather. The firebird never returned, but the Tsar sent his sons to catch the boar. Ivan and the Grey Wolf The two elder brothers went together for the search. They reached a stone on which was written, Whoever goes straight would be hungry and cold. Whoever goes right would live, but his horse would die, and whoever goes left would die, but his horse would live. They did not know which way to go and so took up an idle life. Finally, Ivan went in search and took the right road. A grey wolf appeared and ravaged his horse. Ivan started walking until he was exhausted. The grey wolf appeared again and offered to help Ivan. Ivan told the wolf about the firebird. The wolf carried him to the garden where the firebird sat in a golden cage. But the wolf warned him to take the bird without touching the cage. Evan took the bird but thought where he would keep the bird without a cage. As soon as he touched the cage, alarms rang and the guards caught him. The first king said he could spare Evan now only if he presented the king with the horse with the golden mane. Elena and the Grey Wolf Ivan told the wolf everything and was sorry that he did not obey the wolf's instructions. The wolf carried him to the stable where he could get the horse. But the wolf warned him not to touch the golden bridle hanging on the wall. Ivan took the horse out. All of a sudden, He saw the golden griddle, and touched it. The alarms rang and he was captured. The second king told him that he would be spared only if he brought him Elena the Beautiful. Crying, Ivan left the palace and told the grey wolf everything. The wolf carried him to Elena's kingdom, Ivan took the princess and they headed back. On the way, Ivan and the princess fell in love with each other. The wolf held them by transforming himself into the princess. Even led him to the second king, who was delighted and thought that she was the real princess. Even was given the horse with the golden mane, and with the real princess he rode off. In the meantime, the wolf also escaped from the king. Even reaches home. The grey wolf reached Ivan and Alina. Now, the wolf transformed himself into a horse with a golden mane. Ivan took the horse to the first king. He was happy and threw a big feast. The king gave the firebird to Ivan. Ivan took Alina, the firebird, and the real golden maned horse and headed towards his own kingdom. They were still a distance away from the kingdom when they stopped to rest. The elder brothers, who were returning to the kingdom, stumbled upon Ivan and Elena. They killed Ivan and threatened Elena not to tell anything to her. Both the brothers brought Elena, the firebird, and the golden mane horse to the Tsar. The second brother received half the kingdom, and the eldest was to marry Elena. The grey wolf found Ivan and revived him. He took Ivan back home. The wedding feast had already started. Elena saw Ivan and rushed towards him. The truth was revealed. Ivan married Elena, and they lived happily ever after. The apples of youth and the water of life. In a certain kingdom there lived a king who was getting old and his vision had become poor. He had heard of a garden with apples of youth that would make a man grow young and well with the water of life that would restore his vision. He called his three sons and asked them to get the apples and the water. His his eldest son, Fyodor, set out on the journey. He came to a crossroad with three different paths to choose from. There lay a stone slab on which was written, If you go to the right, you will save yourself, but lose your horse. If you go to the left, you will save your horse, but lose yourself. If you go straight, you will get married. He took the third road, he came to a small hut where a widow welcomed him. She had a beautiful daughter named Dunia. She made him fall into the cellar. The second son, Vasily, met the same fate. Finally, the youngest son, Ivan, set out. He tricked Dunya, and she revealed about his brothers. The curse Ivan freed his elder brothers. He carried on his journey and met a pretty maiden weaving. She could not tell him anything about the garden but sent him to meet her second sister. The second sister asked Ivan to leave his horse and go on a two-winged horse to their third sister. The third sister gave him a four-winged horse and directed him towards the garden. She warned him to leap the garden wall in a single bound else the bells would ring and the witch might wake up. He tried to obey her, but the horse's hoof grazed the wall. Luckily, the sound was too soft to wake the witch up. He took the apples and rode off. In the morning, she chased him on a six-winged horse, but she managed to catch him. When he was near his own land and was not afraid of her, She cursed him, even found his brothers and slept by them. But his brothers stole the apples and threw him over a cliff. The dragon is killed, even fell into a dark kingdom. There, a dragon demanded a beautiful lady every year. And this year, the lot had fallen on the princess of the kingdom. Even the knight said to the king, I will save her, but promise me that you will do what I say. The king promised not only that, but also to marry him to the princess. The king and the bold knight went to the place where the dragon was supposed to come. even went to sleep and asked the princess to wake him up when the dragon came. The dragon came, but she could not wake even up. And began crying. A tear fell on his face and he woke up. He cut off the dragon's heads, put them under a rock and threw the dragon's body in the sea. Another man came up from behind and cut off the knight's head. He threatened to kill the princess if she did not say that he had killed the dragon. The king arranged for the marriage but the princess ran away with some fishermen to the sea. The bold knight returns home. The princess hoped to find the bold knight. Every time the fishermen cast their nets in the sea, they caught only fish. Finally, one day, their nets caught the knight's body and head. She put them back together and poured the water of life on him. He comforted her and sent her home, saying that he would meet the king and make things right. The next day, he went to the palace and asked the king whether the supposed dragon killer would find the dragon's heads. The pretender could not find the heads, but the knight could. The princess was saved, and as promised, the king asked the knight what he wanted the king to do. The knight said he wanted only to go to his own country. But the princess did not want to part from him. She knew a spoon built bird that would carry them, provided the bird would get enough to eat. The bird carried them all to his homeland. He gave the apples of youth and water of life to his father. The hunter and the bird Once upon a time, a hunter shot and wounded a bird. The bird begged him not to kill her, but to take her home. And when she went to sleep, strike her head. The hunter did exactly like that, and the bird transformed into a beautiful woman. She proposed to the hunter for marriage, and they got married. After the marriage, she saw how hard it was to hunt, so, she told the hunter to borrow two hundred rubles. He borrowed the money with which he bought silk. The woman then conjured two spirits and ordered them to make a splendid carpet. She gave the carpet to the hunter and told him to sell it for whatever price he got. The buyers did not know how much to pay for it. And finally, the king steward bought it for 10,000 rubles. The king found the carpet so attractive that he gave the steward 25,000 rubles for it. The steward went to the hunter's house to get one more carpet. He saw the hunter's wife and fell madly in love with her. Go, I know not whither, and fetch, I know not what. The king went to the hunter's house to see the hunter's wife. He also fell in love with her and wanted to marry. He asked the steward to devise a way to get rid of her husband. The steward went to Baba Yaga for advice. Baba Yaga advised to send the hunter to the sea in a dilapidated ship with a bad crew catch the stag with golden horns. When the hunter got to know about it, he told his wife. She conjured up the stag and asked the hunter to take it on the ship, sail out for five days and then return. The king was angry with the steward. The steward again went to Baba Yaga. This time the steward asked the king to send the hunter to Go, I know not whither, and bring back, I know not what. The wife's conjured spirits could not help her. She told him to ask the king for gold and gave him a ball, which if rolled before him would lead him where he wanted to go. The Hunter and the frog. The hunter's wife also gave her husband a handkerchief and told him To always wipe his face with that only. The hunter rolled the ball and followed it. The king sent a carriage for his wife. She transformed herself into a bird and flew away. The hunter finally reached a castle. The damsels gave him food and let him rest. Then they brought him water to wash his face. Revived it with his own handkerchief. They recognized it as their sisters. They called them mother. She also recognized it and questioned the hunter. He told her the whole story. Thereafter, she called all the beasts and birds and asked them if they knew how to go I know not whither and bring back I know not what. Then she went out to sea and asked all the water animals. Finally, there approached a limping frog who knew. The woman gave the hunter a jug to carry the frog, which could not walk that fast. He did, and the frog directed him to a river. The hunter becomes the king. The frog told the hunter to sit on his back. At the other end of the river, the frog told him to listen to two old men who would arrive. He did and heard them summon Shemath Razum to serve him. The old men ate and drank and left. The hunter asked Shemath Razum to serve him instead, and he agreed. The frog set off on his return journey with the hunter and Shemath Razum. They stopped at a golden arbor where they met three merchants. At Shemath Razum's directions, the hunter exchanged Shumat for three marvels. They could summon up a garden, a fleet of ships and an army. The next day, Shumat returned to the hunter. In his own country, the hunter let Shumat build a castle. His wife returned to him. The king saw the castle and waged a war against him. He summoned the fleet and the army. And defeated the king. He became the new king and lived happily with his wife. The Gigantic Turnip. Once upon a time an old man planted a turnip. After a few days it grew and became an enormous turnip. The old man decided to pull the turnip out of the ground. He tried very hard but couldn't pull it out. So he called out to his wife for help. The wife took hold of the old man who was holding the turnip. Together they pulled and pulled but couldn't pull the turnip out. It was massive. Now the wife called her granddaughter to help. The granddaughter took hold of the grandmother. The grandmother took hold of the old man. And the old man took hold of the turnip. They used all their strength, but couldn't pull it out. Then the granddaughter called over the dog. The dog took hold of the granddaughter. The granddaughter took hold of her grandmother, who took hold of the old man, and the old man tightly held the turnip. The turnip is pulled out. Together they started pulling out the turnip, but couldn't pull it out. Now, the dog called over the cat to help them. The cat took hold of the dog. The dog took hold of the granddaughter. The granddaughter held the grandmother. The grandmother took hold of the old man. The old man took hold of the turnip. Together, they used all their strength to pull the turnip out. But it was all in vain. Thereafter, the cat called over the mouse. The mouse took hold of the cat, the cat took hold of the dog, the dog took hold of the granddaughter, the granddaughter took hold of her grandmother, the grandmother took hold of the old man firmly, and the old man firmly held the turnip. They pulled and pulled and finally the huge turnip came out. It was the little mouse who ultimately helped to pull out the turnip. Even smallest creature is of great value. The Muddy Cart In all the legends, Saint Nicholas is regarded as a kind character. This quality was attributed to him in the story in which he and Prophet Ilia were introduced together. It was autumn. One afternoon, a Russian peasant was driving along a heavy road. All of a sudden, his cart stuck fast in the mire. At that very moment, St. Cassian came by. The peasant asked for help. Help me, brother, to get my cart out of the mud. Get along with you, replied St. Cassian. Do you think I am free and have time to waste with you here? Saying this, he walked away. Soon. Saint Nicholas came that way. The peasant asked Saint Nicholas for help and he stopped and helped the poor peasant. After some time, when the two saints arrived in heaven, the Lord asked them where they were and what they were doing. I have been on earth, replied Saint Cassian with a very haughty attitude. In heaven. St. Cassian continued, and I happened to pass by a peasant whose cart had stuck in the mud. He cried out to me, saying, Help me to get my cart out, but I did not want to spoil my heavenly clothes. Now the Lord asked St. Nicholas, Where were you? I have been on earth, said St. Nicholas, whose clothes were covered with mud. I went along that same road, and I helped the peasant to get his cart out of the mud. Then the Lord said, Listen, Cassian, you did not help the peasant. Therefore, people will honor you by thanksgiving only once every four years. But to you, Nicholas, because you helped the peasant to set free his cart, people will honor you twice a year by thanksgiving. Since that day, it had become customary to offer prayers and thanksgiving to Nicholas twice a year, but to Cassian only once in four years. The Lazy Emilia Once upon a time, there were three brothers. They lived in a small village on the shore of the Volga River. The two elder brothers were married. They were merchants. The youngest, Emilia, was foolish, lazy, and despised work. While Emilia's brothers went out to work, he sat on a warm stove in the kitchen. One day, the two brothers went to the market and told Emilia to take care of their wives. They promised to get for him a kaftan, red boots and a red hat. One winter morning, Emilia's sister-in-law asked him to get water from the river. But he shrieked from the top of the stove. That's not my job. She persuaded him and promised him a new red jacket and a real red hat. He jumped off the stove and went down to the frozen river. Emalia reached the river and started grumbling about his problems. He broke the ice to fill his bucket. At the pike's behest. As he was filling water in the buckets, he realized that he had caught a fish, a large pike. This will make a great fish dish, thought Emilia. All of a sudden, the pike said to him in a human voice, set me free Emilia. I will grant you anything you wish. You will never have to work. All you need to do is to say, at the pikes beheast, and at my request, remember these words and say them when you need anything again in the future. This was a great offer for lazy Emilia. Emilia put the pike back in the water and said, At the pikes beheast, and at my request, dear buckets, go home yourself. As soon as he said these words, buckets started moving towards his house. Soon, the Tsar came to know about Emelya and ordered him to appear at the palace. Emilia AND THE PRINCESS Emelya, being foolish and lazy, used the Pike's command and ordered his stove to take him to the palace. Riding on the stove, Emelya appeared at the courtyard of the palace. Everybody watched him. Among the spectators was also the Tsar's daughter. When Emilia saw her, he fell in love with her and said, At the pike's behest and at my request, I want this beautiful girl to fall in love with me. And then, he ordered the stove to take him back home. Now, the Tsar's daughter longed for Emilia and asked her father to let her marry him. The Tsar was angry with her daughter, but there was nothing that he could do, so he sent an officer to bring Emelya to the pants. The officer went to Emelya's house with a lot of sweets. When Emelya finished all the treats, he got tired and fell asleep. The officer then carried him to the Tsar. At the island, The officers put Emalya and the princess in a big barrel and threw them into the sea. When Emalya woke up, he found himself in the barrel with the princess. Weeping, she told him what had happened to them. Emalya said, At the pike's behest and at my request, I want the waves to roll the barrel to the shore. The next moment, they were saved and landed on a beautiful island. The princess asked Imalya to build a hut for them to live in. Imalya agreed and said loudly, At the Pikes behest and at my request, build me here the best palace in the world. Immediately, a beautiful palace with many servants appeared. They lived happily as the rulers of the island. The palace had a crystal bridge that connected it to the mainland so that the princess might go and meet her father, Himalaya made amends with everyone and lived happily. Seven Symons Once upon a time, two old serfs lived together for many years without a child. In their old age, they prayed for a child. After seven years, the prayers were answered, and the old woman gave birth to seven sons. Who were all named Simeons. When they were 10 years old, their father died. Simeons tilled the ground which their father left them. One day, Sar Ador drove past and was angry to see the little boys working in the field. The Tsar sent his noblemen to ask those children who they were and why they were working so hard. The eldest Simeon told the noblemen that they were orphans and they had to work to earn. Also, they were all called simians. When the noblemen told this to the Tsar, he thought to teach some professions to the children, and so ordered the noblemen to bring the boys to the palace. The Eldest Simeon When the simians reached the palace, the Tsar asked the eldest Simeon what art or profession he would like to learn. But Simeon answered, Your Majesty, I don't want to learn any art, but if you order a smithy to be put up in the middle of the court, I will raise a column which would reach the sky. The Tsar commanded a smithy to be built in his courtyard, and the eldest Simeon at once set to work. Then the Tsar asked the second Simeon, What art or profession would you learn? The second Simeon replied, Your Majesty. I will not learn any art, but when my eldest brother has smithy, the iron column, I will mount to the top of it. I will look all around and tell you what is going on in all the other kingdoms." So the Tsar thought that the second Simeon was very clever and a man of great intelligence and there was no need to teach him anything. The other three simians. now. The Tsar asked the third simeon the same question. The third simeon replied, Your majesty, if my eldest brother makes an axe for me, I will build a ship in a very little time. The Tsar exclaimed, I want skilled workers like you. Thereafter, he asked the fourth simeon and he replied, Your majesty, I don't want to learn anything. When my third brother has built a ship and it is attacked by enemies, I will seize it by the probe and draw it into the kingdom under the earth. When the enemy has departed, I will bring the ship back upon the sea. The Tsar was amazed to hear such skills. He went on to ask the fifth simeon. He answered, I need no art, your majesty. But if my eldest brother makes a gun for me, I will shoot every bird, no matter how far it is. And the Tsar said, You will be a famous hunter one day. 7th Simeon, the Thief The Tsar approached the 6th Simeon and asked him, He answered, Your Majesty, I will not follow any art, but when my 5th brother has shot a bird in the air, I will catch it before it falls on the ground and will bring it to you. Bravo, said the Tsar, you will serve in the field very well. Now, the Tsar asked the 7th and last Simeon, Your Majesty, he replied, I will not learn any profession, for I am already skilled in valuable art. What kind of art do you know? asked the Tsar. I am a thief, and I can steal better than anyone else, he replied. The Tsar was angry and wanted to punish him, but he offered to go to the distant kingdom and steal the beautiful Helen, the youngest Simeon cajoled Helen into his ship and brought her across the ocean to the Tsar. The Tsar married her and the seven simians were richly rewarded with gold and silver coins. They spent the rest of their lives luxuriously. The Language of the Birds In a small Russian city, a merchant lived with his wife. They had a son, Vasily who was wiser than his age. Once when all of them were having their lunch, a nightingale who sat in a cage over the table started singing sadly. The merchant was angry and could not bear it. He said, if anyone would tell me what this nightingale is saying, I would give him half of my property. Vasily who was just six years old, replied, the nightingale is foretelling that a time is near when you will be my servants. You will draw me water, and mother will give me the towel to wipe my face and hands. The merchant and his wife got so angry after listening to this that they immediately decided to get rid of the child. They built a little boat, put the sleeping Vasili into it, and let it sail into the open sea much against the wish of Vassili. The Prophecy Suddenly, the visionary nightingale flew out of its cage into the boat and sat on Vassili's shoulder. Then, the boat came to the seashore. A ship approached it with its sails spread. The captain of the ship saw the boy, took pity on him and adopted him as his son. The next day, Vasili said to the captain, The nightingale foretells that a storm is about to come. It would break the masts and shatter the sails. You should go back to a place of safety. But the captain of the ship did not listen to him. At once, a storm arose and the masts were shattered and the sails torn down. Misfortune had befallen. They, now built, new masts and new sails and continued on their journey. Now, Vasili said, the Nightingale sings that there are twelve pirate ships coming to meet us and they will make us prisoners. The King's Decision This time, the master of the ship trusted him and returned to the shore. After a few days, the ship arrived at the city of Kalyunisk. Now, the king of Khalilisk was much tensed. For the past many years, a crow, its wife, and its child had been flying and screeching in front of the window of the palace. The servants at the palace tried a lot to drive them off from the window, but they could not. The king announced the reward for the person who would drive them away. Vasili heard this and came to the palace. He told the king that he could understand the language of the birds. All the windows were open. Vasili then listened to what the birds were talking and told the king, "Your Majesty, three crows are flying here. The Papa crow, Mama crow, and Master crow. The Papa crow is disputing with Mama crow as to whom the son belongs to, whether to the father or to the mother they are asking for a decision the reunion the king thought and replied the master crow belongs to the father as soon as the king gave his decision the papa crow flew to the right with the master crow and the mama crow flew to the left the king adopted the boy and the boy was treated with great kindness and honor Vasily married the princess and received half of the kingdom as dowry. After some days, Vasily set off for a journey to foreign lands. In one city, he stayed just for a night. In the morning, when he got up, he wished to wash. So, the master brought him water and the mistress brought him the towel. Vasily spoke to them and got to know that they were his father and mother. The nightingale's prophecy had come true. He wept with joy and fell at their feet. He took them along to the city of Kulinsk and they lived together. Once in Russia, there lived a Tsar and a serena. They had one daughter, Maria Sarevna. After some time, the old serena died and the Tsar married another woman who was in reality a witch. Now, the witch had three daughters, one of whom had one eye, the next two eyes, and the third had three eyes. The stepmother did not like Maria Srevna and sent her with a dun cow on the pasture and gave her a dry crust to eat. Maria Srevna went on to the pasture and bowed down to the right foot of the cow. Suddenly, Her clothes changed into a beautiful dress, and she had lots of food to eat and drink, as much as she liked. So, throughout the day, she watched over the dun cow and looked as happy as any other woman in the land. At night, she bowed down again in front of the right foot and became her original self again and went home. One-Eyed Sister after reaching home, Maria Serevna gave back the dry crust to her stepmother. She was shocked and thought on how Maria Sarevna survived throughout the day. The next day, the witch gave her the same piece of bread and asked her eldest daughter to keep a watch over what Maria Serevna did. When they reached the pasture, Maria Serevna said, Come, little sister, let me find a place for you to rest. The sister went to sleep. Maria sarevna stood up, went to the dun cow, bowed down to the right foot and ate and drank. She went around like a princess. In the evening, she woke her sister up and said, Get up, sister, it's time to go home. Oh, the sister moaned. I have been asleep all day long and I have not seen anything. Mother will be angry with me. When they reached home, the stepmother asked her what Maria Serevna ate and drank. ''I did not see anything,'' she replied. Three-Eyed Sister The witch scolded her. The next day, she sent the Two-Eyed Sister with Maria. The two girls came to the pasture, and Maria Serevna sent her to sleep. As before, Maria Serevna bowed down to the cow and lived like a princess all day long. In the evening, she woke the two-eyed sister up once home. The witch again got angry and scolded the two-eyed sister. The following day, she sent the three-eyed sister with Maria Serevna. Maria sent her to sleep in the same way, but she forgot that the third eye was watching what Maria Serevna did. Maria Serevna bowed to the right foot of the cow, ate and drank, and ran all around wearing beautiful clothes. When she returned home, she kept the dry crust on the table. The mother asked the daughter what Maria Serevna had eaten and drunk. The three eyed sister told her everything, and the witch ordered the dun cow to be slain. Ivan Sarovich and Maria Serevna Maria Sarevna begged her father to give her at least a little part of the cow. The father gave her the piece, and she planted it. A bush with sweet berries grew up. The little birds sat on the bush and sang sweet songs. Now, Prince Ivan Sarvich had heard of Maria Sarevna. He went to her stepmother, laid a bowl on the table, and said, ''Whoever brings me the bowl full of berries?'' will marry me. The mother sent her one eyed daughter to collect the berries, but the birds drove her away and pecked out her one eye. The two eyed and three eyed sisters also met with the same fate. At last Maria Sarevna went. She took the bowl and gathered the berries. The little birds helped her in collecting the berries, so Ivan Sarvich married Maria Sarevna and they lived a happy life. The Hut in the Forest There was deep snow in the forest. The branches of the trees were laden with snow. Huge lumps of snow kept falling on the ground under the trees. In the middle of this forest was a small hut. It was made up of pine logs cut from the forest. Inside the hut, Marosia sat with her little brother Vanya and heard the sound of snow falling. They were sitting near the door of the stove. The stove occupied a lot of space in the hut. It also served as their bed. The blankets were kept on the stove in which Manya and Marosia rolled up at night and went to sleep. Marusia and Vanya lived with their grandfather, Old Peter. Apart from Old Peter, Marusia and Vanya, there were Vladimir, a big black cat, and Bayan, a tall grey wolf dog. Suddenly, they heard a rumbling of boots in the snow. It was the sound of Old Peter stamping his feet to get the snow off his boots. Old Peter. Suddenly, the door opened. Bayan pushed his way in and went towards Marusia and Vanya and licked their hands. He then went and lay under the table. The noise of the door had startled Vladimir. Now, old Peter came in. There was a gun on his back and a hair in his hand. The old Peter shook himself and the snow flew off like spray. He hung up his gun and threw the hair on the side of the stove. Laughing, he said to Vanya and Marusia, "You are warm and comfortable here." The children jumped up to welcome him. Old Peter opened his long coat, and the children plunged into it together and clung to his belt. He closed his sheepskin coat, and they yelped. Then they came out. Vanya and Marusia enjoyed this and did it every night. Now, the old Peter took off his coat and picked up the samovar from the shelf. The supper. Old Peter started preparing supper. He threw the lighted sticks and charcoal and made a draught to draw the heat. Thereafter, he placed the samovar on the table. The fire cracked inside. Now, He picked up the bread and cut big lumps out of it. He emptied the saucepan of soup that was boiling on the stove into a large wooden bowl. While he was preparing the supper, he answered the questions the children asked him. He also cracked a few jokes. The children danced and chuckled. Finally, the supper was ready. All of them dipped their wooden spoons in the bowl and enjoyed the soup. They gave scraps to Vladimir and a bone to buy-in. They had tea with sugar but no milk. Now it was story time and old Peter prepared another cup of tea for himself. Then he threw a log of wood into the stove and lit a short little pipe. The Story Time old peter puffed and the smoke got in his eyes he wiped them with the back of his hand while peter was busy smoking vanya and marusia snuggled together near the stove they listened to the crashing of the snow and thought which story to listen today now they felt warm and comfortable with the noise because they were not alone and old peter was with them today we want to hear a story We have never heard before said vanya well said old peter as he combed his great gray beard with his fingers he looked at them blinked his eyes from under his big bushy eyebrows and asked have i told you the story of the silver saucer and the transparent apple no never replied vanya and marusia immediately Old Peter took a last puff and the children wriggled with excitement. He took a sip of his tea and began narrating their story. The Lute Play Once there lived a king and a queen. The king wished to go out in the world and try his strength battling with the other kings. So he called his ministers and ordered them to get the army ready to march towards a far off country where a heathen king ruled who was cruel and ill-treated everyone. The king bade his wife a loving goodbye and set off with his army across the seas. Finally, he reached the country of the heathen king. He defeated anyone who came on his way. The king came to a mountain pass where a large army was waiting for him. The king was defeated and made a prisoner. He was taken to the prison where the heathen king kept all his captives. Three years passed, and the king could not send any news about his whereabouts to the queen. Finally, he found the way to send the letter. The queen receives the letter. The queen received the letter and read it. Sell all our castles and palaces. Take out all the treasure and come and let me out of this terrible prison. She started crying. The queen thought for a while and at last an idea clicked her. She cut off all her beautiful long hair and dressed herself in man's clothes. She did not tell anyone anything. The queen took her lute and went to the kingdom of the heathen king. She went into the court in front of the palace and began playing her lute and singing along. The heathen king heard her sad song and was touched. He ordered that the singer be brought before him. Welcome, lute player. Where do you come from? Asked the heathen king. The queen replied that her country was far away. For years she had been wandering. The heathen king asked her to stay in his kingdom for a few days. When she wished to leave, the heathen king would give her whatever she asked for. The queen reaches home before the king. Now! The lute player started living in the palace. After a few days, the lute player came to take leave of the heathen king. As promised, the heathen king asked her what she desired as a reward. ''Give me one of your prisoners,'' the lute player replied. ''Come along,'' said the heathen king. ''Choose whom you will,'' and he took her through the prison himself. The queen chose her husband and took him with her back to their own kingdom. It was a long journey, but still the king never found out that the loot player was, in reality, his wife. When they reached the border, the king said, Let me go now. I am not a common prisoner, but the king of this country. Come with me, dear, and I will reward you. I will be at your palace when the right time comes, replied the loot player. They parted. The queen took a shortcut and reached home well before the king. Nobody knew about it. Quickly, she took off her clothes and got into her real clothes. The Lute Player After an hour, the people of the kingdom were running here and there, crying. Our king has come back. The king greeted all of them very kind-heartedly. Thereafter, the king assembled all his ministers. He asked them to judge his faithless wife, who did not come to rescue him even after reading his letter. When the king was busy with his ministers, the queen sneaked out and disguised herself. She took her lute and slipped back into the court. She sang the same sweet song in front of everyone gathered. As soon as the king heard this song, he ran out to meet the lute player. The king held his hand and took him to the palace. He presented the boy in front of everyone and said that it was this boy who released him from the prison. The lute player threw off the cloak and revealed his true self. Everyone was shocked to see the queen. The king was delighted and gave a big feast in his queen's. Thanks for watching. Do like, share, subscribe to Sahil Bookhouse.